turning now to Tennessee, where an urgent search is underway right now for a missing mother of two. Yeah, police say the victim was abducted, forced into an SUV early Friday while out for a jog. One suspect is now in custody as investigators push for some answers. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Crime Room podcast, a true crime podcast about how homicide detectives catch bad guys. I'm Julian Grace. And I'm Brandon. On tonight's episode of the Crime Room podcast, Missing in Memphis, we bring you the latest details surrounding the disappearance of Eliza Fletcher, kindergarten teacher and a mom to two young children. When you hear Memphis, you probably think Graceland, world-class barbecue, the capital of blues, soul, and rock and roll. Memphis is a big city with a small-town attitude. Women vanishing off the streets is not what comes to mind. But it happened. The day started off as usual for Eliza Fletcher. She went for a run, her usual time, around 4 a.m. She was already crushing the miles one, then another. An accomplished runner, Eliza ran the Boston Marathon, finishing the race with an impressive time. So, running that early in the morning wasn't unusual. It was actually her style. But before the morning ended, her husband and family grew worried when Eliza didn't return home. By the following day, her husband of eight years will become a chief suspect in her disappearance. And then he was not. Another man, one Eliza never crossed paths with, ended up in cuffs. Let's talk crime. Let's talk crime. A note to the listeners. During the recording of this podcast, police located a body in Memphis. They have not released any details at this time, but it's speculated that the body is Eliza Fletcher. So Eliza, as she liked to be called, went for a jog early Friday, September 2nd, she never returned home. So Eliza worked and lived in Memphis, Tennessee as a kindergarten teacher. She was born and raised there. She's native. Yes. Uh, she was in her mid-30s, mother of two, and married to a Richard Fletcher. Goes by Richie. And he also, yeah, he goes by Richie. And the interesting part is that her grandfather, Joseph, who went by Joe or Gil Third was the owner of Orgill Inc., which is a hardware distributor. And they are worth billions. Three billion. It is the largest privately owned hardware distributor in the States. So let's get into the details. Liza went for a jog at 4 a.m. on Friday, September 2nd. And she was last seen on video at 4.20 a.m. Approximately three hours later, her husband, Richie, called the police at 7 a.m. and reported that she had not returned home. Through the investigation and the police conducting and grabbing video surveillance, they were able to observe her running in the neighborhood of the University of Memphis. She was wearing a pink jogging top and purple running shorts, which we'll put on our website so you can look at thecrimeroom.com. So this was her usual route. Right, and marathon runners, they actually run quite often. And usually, or often, they will find themselves finding the, 
the same path or travel way to run because it's consistent. They know how many miles they were running, how long it is, when to turn around. So they be, they begin to develop a re- routine in which somebody would be able to notice pretty quickly, actually. In the video surveillance is a black GMC terrain SUV who passed her about 24 minutes before she was abducted. During the abduction, you act, it's all on video, in which we don't have access to at this time. The police are keeping a tight, lid, a tight lid because they don't want to coerce any jurors or anything like that. Potential. Potential jurors, yes. Uh, but a man is seen getting out of the vehicle running, quote-unquote, aggressively towards Fletcher and force her into the passenger side of the SUV. That's harrowing. Yeah, that's that's just awful. That's Here you are working hard towards your dreams and your passion, and some random guy comes and throws you in the side of the SUV. I think uh, that's one of the nightmare scenario for every female runner out there. Yeah. Being abducted. And like I mentioned, you develop a pattern. People can stalk you. And it's 4 a.m., and although it is a city, I don't expect as many people to be outside at 4 a.m. as there would be at 7 or 8. But the police do report that there was a struggle. So she did put up a fight, it appears. However, he was either able to overpower her or there was a weapon used. Neither have been... Well, she wasn't tall or particularly strong muscle wise woman i mean she's only five six and i think they reported her being under 140 pounds so yeah she was pretty petite yeah around 137 and marathon as you mentioned marathon runners aren't typically power lifters they run for mm-hmm. for distance and having more weight on them is not advantage advantageous to their their goals so a key indication or a key part of the video shows that the gmc Passenger taillight was damaged, and that's very useful, and will come up in a little bit of how they identified the suspect. Uh, we received a call around 7.45 this morning from University of Memphis. We came over to assist at this location around Central and Zach Curlin. When we arrived on the scene, we were handling possibly a missing person. Well, now the car or the vehicle has a noticeable damage to it, so it's much easier. It narrows down the search. You know, it's not like black GMC and then there's like 8,000, for instance, GMC registered in Memphis. Now it's 8,000, but out of those 8,000, you have seven right. that have damage to the taillight. That's actually one of the most important factors when you when you even have a leave in the scene or something, even a small crime, is if you see the other vehicle, bumper stickers, stickers... Often people say, yeah, he had a Pokemon or he or she had a Pokemon sticker or a mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders or a, or another type of sticker on the back of their vehicle. And as you mentioned, not every single GMC is going to have that same damage or sticker. The detail, the devil's in the detail. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, they don't always stick out to people during stressful situations, but with video surveillance, they have time to analyze it, and in this case, it worked. Uh, going back to the video surveillance, it, according to the police, the vehicle re- remained in the parking lot of where he pushed her into the passenger side for about four minutes. So they stayed there in the car for four minutes. She was probably struggling. I would think that a 
weapon of some sort was used because in order for him to jump back in the driver's seat without her leaving, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely. If she, if she struggled at first, why wouldn't she just leave once he ran around to the, mm-hmm. uh, the driver's seat? Uh, I do believe that during that time, there was probably more of a struggle, but more so him telling or the suspect telling her his demands, what he wants. Mm-hmm. Well, the police that say that they believe when she was abducted that she um, had serious bodily injury to her. Yeah, so they found uh, physical evidence showing that she suffered a serious injury. And without having all of the evidence or access to the evidence, I would believe that what they mean by this is that they found ample amount of blood, maybe teeth, hair. Skin skin, nails, anything else related to the actual body, because even though items may have been pushed over or things may have been disturbed, a they state that it was a serious injury. Mm-hmm. They were worried about her. Right. They were worried about They don't think she just disappeared. They really were worried about her safety. And we have contacted FBI's on the scene that's assisting us. We've contacted TBI that's also assisting us, and we're working with the University of Memphis. Yeah, right, right away. I mean... Obviously, she she is worth billions of dollars or will be uh, at one point. But I do believe the evidence pointed towards a serious abduction and or potential ransom. Uh, And this next fact here, it's not confirmed. It has been reported that a McDonald's worker claimed that the police found in a dumpster at the McDonald's clothing matching that of what she was running with. Now, before we go on, we should talk about who has jurisdiction over this case. You would think the local sheriff, police department will be handling, but it's actually the FBI that's taking the lead. And you made a good point earlier when we were discussing the case. We were talking about her being abducted versus going missing. Right. And why the FBI will get called in as fast as they, as, as fast as they did. Right. So it, it doesn't, at first, it didn't appear as a typical missing person so fbi don't typically get involved unless it's interstate financial involvement or if there's some sort of ransom or kidnapping in which they we would use their tools and their trainings to help assist with negotiating and getting that person back so i do believe that the fbi was involved so quickly because they believe that she was abducted for her money for Mm -hmm. her wealth or there was some ties to her family dealing with money or insurance or something else that we were not privy to that would get the involvement of the FBI so fast. Okay, but that's the reason why the FBI was handling this and not the locals. That's why I believe, I do believe the locals are still doing a well, they work in major part of it. Yeah, but I, I do believe that's why the FBI stepped in to assist. Well, you help. also have ATF. And you also have U.S. Marshals. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody you can think of. Everyone. Was called in. And it's important to have these different departments. departments because as soon as the suspect or a victim is moved to a different state or a county or jurisdiction, you need to have somebody or, or a department in place that can handle the transfer, in which the FBI obviously can anywhere in the United States. Right. They have a wide jurisdiction. Yes. So let's go to our initial suspect, which was her husband, Richie. 
And there was some pretty compelling evidence that originally showed, and both you and I were pretty adamant that we believed he was involved somehow. He did it. Yeah. I mean, there are a big number of spouses killing the other spouse. Motive yeah. is what? Greed, money, jealousy. These are the top three. Right. And, and uh, it seemed like uh, he fit all three. He had a motive. Yeah. And it, the FBI actually obtained a search warrant. Very quickly. Very quickly. And they obtained a computer, which as soon as you hear a computer, you're thinking of financial crime. Something to do with emails. Maybe not even financial. Maybe some sort of setup where he was involved mm -hmm. or data used through that. Her vehicle, and at this time we didn't know what happened, we're thinking also he used her vehicle somehow to maybe try and stage something. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, which is the strangest item that they've taken, garden shears. I remember just pausing when I heard that they've collected garden shears and I thought, my gosh, how cold-blooded do you have to be to kill the mother of your children, your spouse of eight years with a pair of garden shears? The idea is just so mortifying to me. Yeah, I agree. And my first thought was they actually haven't found Lizza yet. There was no mechanism of injury, other, well, at least that they've told us, mm -hmm. other than them saying serious bodily injury. Mm -hmm. I was wondering why they took the garden shares. If they said, yeah, it appears that she was stabbed by something or cut or, or mean, something like that, then I would say I understand. And then you hear that he wasn't cooperating with the police he lawyered up very fast um all the ingredients were there where you can easily make the connection the leap thinking it's the husband he did it i mean he had he has a record what's on his record right so he has multiple arrests for alcohol related offenses and as we all know alcohol tends to make people do things that they wouldn't normally do they had not ideal marriage not a happy one they were seeking uh, couples counseling for their issues. Right. Be just before we go into that, I just want to go over the alcohol-related stuff. So one was driving under the influence mm -hmm. in other offenses such as public drunkenness. I will say from personal experience, officers do not just arrest people for being overly intoxicated. What we do is we that's the last option. He had to be the disorderly, disruptive, causing a scene, doing something else crazy. To get arrested. So he was hitting the bottle pretty hard. Yeah. It, it's to the level where he's out of control. You can't find him a, a person to take care of him. Which usually is the spouse. But in this case it sounds like they were having problems. As we're going to as you mentioned marriage mm -hmm. counseling. They, they were struggling. So much that news reported that she had considered separation. Divorce was on the table. And then you hear the shoe drop. The other shoe drop, and that is she had a prenup. Yeah, and it's very important to know. And I, I, I'm not familiar with the Tennessee laws on the prenups or whether he would get the money even if she were to pass away. That was something that was definitely in play when dis when determining him as a suspect. So, But it's very compelling motive. And let's go into a couple tweets that they actually said. When they were married for seven years, Richie said, Yesterday marked seven years married to this beauty. If you're going to ask us at year three if we would make it to seven, we would probably say, we probably would have said no. We apparently 
weren't given the memo that a healthy marriage is not going to come easy. Luckily, we put God recovery first, and we were both willing to believe in each other and ask for help. That's him admitting right there that they had a rough, rough, rough patch. If by year three you're already saying, oh gosh, this is a rough and rokey journey, doesn't sound like you're, you had a honeymoon phase whatsoever. Right, you think in the first, I don't know, two to five years is the honeymoon, and the next years after are going to be a wonderful marriage three is just very quick and yeah to, they're saying rough at three but it must have started before then started to go downhill maybe mm-hmm. at one year or two year either way i mean the, the the marriage was not easy the marriage was not particularly happy they were devoted christians they did go to church they speak about their congregation and whatnot um but when you heard that she went missing and then you put two and two together, the finger was definitely pointed towards Richie for a while. I think everybody was thinking no-brainer. The family has met with police and we have shared with them all the information we know. More than anything, we want to see Liza returned home safely. The family has offered a reward for any information that leads to her safe return. While he was still a suspect, however, um, I guess the FBI asked the family to get in front of the cameras and they did a televised press conference. It was mom, her mom, dad, and Richie was there with her brother. They did offer a reward. It was $50,000 um, cash reward in exchange for any information, a tip leading to her safe return. When they said $50,000, I think collectively we all thought wow you're worth three billion and you're offering only fifty thousand i was reading some of the comments under the news articles and everybody was like that is just so low that to me seems extremely low and i do believe i, I i'm going to look into it a little further to see if the fbi actually suggests such a this number so that it falls in a range so that they don't have any crazy tips or over right. amount of tips. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does remind me of the other case that we just went over a couple of weeks ago, Alex Murdoch, where he did a televised press conference offering a uh, hundred thousand, a hundred thousand for his wife and his son, his son. And we also thought that was low be- because Alex Murdoch was also very very wealthy. Not, not a, as wealthy. Yeah, not not as, the same. Not as wealthy. <laughs> not the same. And uh, even if the FBI was telling me, hey, $50,000 to reduce the number of fake complaints were not, I still feel as if I was in that situation, I would say, I don't care how many fake complaints. I want a number high enough the way you get to the where I'm back. going to get information. Right. If you haven't listened to our Alex Murdoch podcast, you may do so on our website, thecrimeroom.com. As I was saying, I want $50,000 isn't going to change someone's life. You offer them $10 million. I'm sure the the brother's mother or somebody related is going to give some information. They, they because did. That's, yeah, because that's a lot of money. They give it up for free, actually. But that's uh, for um, a little bit later on the show. Um, either way, I think uh, no matter how hard the relationship or the marriage was there, uh, her parents did respect Richie, the husband, enough to where they had invited him and made him part of the press conference. And uh, he did look very shaken up distraught. and very, very distraught, yes. So when I watched it, I was like thinking to myself, garden shears. 
Yeah. And that's the entire yeah. time I was like, ugh. Yeah, Gar that's that's one for, that's a site you don't want to see, especially if they, if they know there's significant that's... body injury. Garden shares, you're thinking a body part or something like that. I never thought that he actually committed the murder. I always thought that he hired someone right murder for hire and that's still not out of the question i'm not i don't believe it is it is a possible yes but i'm not allegedly he's been cleared and that leads us to how the police actually find the found the main suspect who's not richie through the vehicle damage on the passenger's taillight and a partial license plate found on the gmc they were actually able to find the main suspect who is not richie it's just awful to see the evil that's in the world. It is a Cleotha Abstin. A.K.A. Pookie. Pookie or a wild child. He's a 38-year-old black male. Convict. Felon. Yes. He worked for a cleaning service when he was re released from prison. November 2020. So when they found out it was him, they went to where he lived and they went to arrest him. He took off by a vehicle and he crashed into an ATF vehicle. And he was arrested Saturday, which was relatively quickly to quick to where she was abducted. He was charged with aggravated kidnapping and tampering with evidence. This is per a police tweet. And he was actually already in prison for aggravated kidnapping on a male attorney, attorney Kemper Durand. And he was imprisoned for over 20 years on a plea deal so he forced the lawyer who was leaving a party pookie forced the lawyer into a, a truck and drove him to an atm and told the lawyer to empty the bank account give him the money and whatnot the lawyer was later linked to eliza's uh, family like we said in the beginning memphis is a big town with a small town attitude yeah, I think that's just a coincidence with all the information we have now. Yeah, so, I don't think it was somehow connected. It was just an interesting anomaly. Right. He has been charged with a couple other misdemeanors in Tennessee, such as identity theft, theft of property, $1,000 or less, and illegal possession of a credit or debit card. But they weren't a Fletcher. Apparently, it was from another woman. Working at the same cleaning service as he. Yeah. So clearly, she forgot her wallet and he stole her cards and whatnot. So I guess identity theft would be a felon, or I, I believe it would be there as well. So during the interrogation, he was very uncooperative, and it's important to know that Memphis or Tennessee has still has the death penalty. Yeah, and that's important because it could be the carrot that they dangle over his head if he continues to um, refuse to cooperate. Right, and it's on the table. Especially now, since a body has been discovered um, in Memphis, and it's most likely that of Eliza. Yeah, and the fact that they reported that he was uncooperative is unfortunate, because if they were going to use it as a bargaining chip, they would say, hey, where is she now so we can find her safe? And Well, they were, um, they were searching dumpsters, I should say. His brother, witness for the prosecution. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into him in, in, in one second, actually. I just want to go over. He was held on a $500,000 bail. I think that bail is revoked now, and he will be held with no bail. Yeah, I, I don't... Not that it makes any difference, but... It does. I think it's a principal thing. I don't think they should ever be able to, in a situation like this, and the evidence they have, and not having, at the time at least a body and or the victim to be to release anybody on bail number one priority is to find uh fletcher so let's go get into the brother 
the Cleo's br- brother. Yeah, Cleo's brother. Uh, Pookie's brother. Uh, he and uh, another witness stated that when Pookie got home... That morning after the abduction. Yeah, that day, he was cleaning his clothes in the SUV. Oddly cleaning it. So not just a normal cleaning. Probably uh, a good but... clean bleach, pouring stuff. Uh, the fact that he kept the same clothes is strange to me, but he doesn't appear that I smart. I mean, you know what? He was so meticulous to clean the car, but yet he didn't worry about the video cameras. Yeah. And the... In a neighborhood apparently close to where he was staying. So. And here's an interesting part. So there's actually video surveillance from a local theater that showed the day before the abduction. So not the day, the day before. It appears that Pookie was on video wearing the same uh, champion sliders, which was later found during the abduction. So DNA was recovered from a pair of sandals that was found near where Fletcher was abducted. And it matched the DNA from when Pookie was incarcerated and he was mandated to give his DNA. And an interesting fact or piece of evidence is that video surveillance from a local theater shows that the day before the abduction, Pookie was wearing the same pair of champion sliders or sandals found at the crime scene, which could indicate if it's in the same area that he was planning this pre-planned it. Just with that lawyer he may have pre-planned, he may have pre-planned this. She's worth a lot of money and or I see her every single day or three times a week. Who's up at four o'clock in the morning? I guess Pookie is. <laughs> yeah, I guess Pookie uh, or other individuals named Pookie. I'm I'm not sure. Four four a.m. is a strange time to be up unless you're partying all night. Most or working. Most most individuals would be at home. So there's more evidence. A cell phone records place Pookie at the site or in the general area during the abduction. And going back to Pookie, his own family has even called him creepy. And there has been reports that he allegedly attacked another female weeks prior to this attack. Going back to the tweet that was just made by the Memphis Police Department, it states that September 5th at 5.07 p.m., officers in the 1600 block of Victor located a deceased party. They're not giving out the gender or the cause of death at this time. But again, we, we do believe it to be Eliza Fletcher. And going back to all the evidence that was revealed and the evidence that we can look at, it does appear that Pookie was acting on his own. I don't believe Richie was involved. I think he did it many times. He got caught once, was in jail for 20 years, and he was going to keep doing it again, and he, and he got caught. This is an ongoing investigation. We'll update thecrimeroom.com with the latest developments as the police releases them. Make sure you bookmark this page to get the most up-to-date news on the story. In the next several days, we are expected to hear if the body discovered is Eliza's As of now, the mom of two young children, a teacher, was abducted by a felon with a long rap sheet. Leave a comment on your thoughts about the garden shears when the police first picked them up from her home. What did you think of them? Remember to subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell to get notified every time we post a new podcast. And give us thumbs up. It helps our channel grow. Till the next time.